You're listening to The Nerd Table on CKCC Radio, starring Dan Peck. Have you seen the card for the New Japan show tomorrow? It's going to be sweet. Eric Flores. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, go ahead. And CKCC Radio's founder, Chris O'Mealy. Breaking news. I have a crush on Sasha Banks. Listen to CKCC Radio wherever you find your favorite podcast. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the Nerd Table. I'm Chris O'Mealy, joined by my co-hosts and partners in crime. First, let me introduce you all to Dan Peck. We're doing crimes? And, of course, Eric Flores. You know what a true crime is? The fucking weather. No, the true crime is I don't know what we're going to do today. (laughs) We've got (sighs) ideas, but we're kind of just going to rant about stuff, I think. I, I believe ranting is probably the best part of our podcast. So yeah, I'm okay with that. We get you know what really grinds my gear is fucking cold outside. Yeah, Eric, did you not realize that Michigan gets cold in January? Man, I thought I thought the coldest would be like in January, but then it starts to warm up. I mean, it's almost February. Oh, don't, don't be like, oh, it's January first. Oh, you're funny, Eric. You're funny. That you're is funny not how it works. February is the coldest month. Oh God! And it can still snow as late as April. <laughs> um, Sometimes I, later reminder, than that. It snowed on Mother's Day when I was in seventh grade. Yeah, it snowed. That's on, mid to late May. It snowed on Memorial Day in New York State for me in Cooperstown. Well, at least you guys have nice things to look at. It's just fucking messed up roads over here. Well, I don't know. Do I have nice things to look at? Because uh, last week you were telling me all about my area. <laughs> and... No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I was just saying that was a shitty place for that fucking hotel. That, that's all I'm saying. So so I do have nice stuff to look at. Okay, Eric, I see. Okay, yeah, Eric. Just, er- okay, Eric. You know. Eric, okay. Okay, Eric. <laughs> Dude, is that – are we just wired? It's a, it's a Sunday – it's a Sunday afternoon, and we're just freaking wired like idiots today. This is going to be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. All right, so let's start off the show by doing what we've been doing with feedback from last week's show. And I'd like to welcome two new members to the Nerd Table community. First, our friend Meg White has joined our community. Thought she's been a part of our group for a long time now. Uh, apparently, she was not, and she, but she is now. So, okay. And then, of course, uh, because of her name, Chris Decker immediately was like, ooh, how is it drumming for the White Stripes? Like, ah, uh, there it is. Yeah, no, uh, not, not that, Meg. Boom, 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 boom. By the way, Meg is getting married this year. Oh, nice. Oh, she Congratulations. Cool. So, we are looking forward to that. Um, and then another gentleman joined our group, Anthony Blackwell Jr. Anthony Blackwell. Uh, Never I was, heard of Jr. I was actually waiting for the Jr. part from Dan. The Indiana Jones joke that he loves so much. Also the Barty Crouch! Jr. Jr. So, Anthony does a lot, to put it, put it mildly. Uh, he runs the IWEP Podcasting Network. 
The inter- interviews with everyday people? Interviews with everyday people. Uh, Tornado Tag. He does... Um, oh, Bangin' Beers is part of the network. I don't know if that's necessarily his show. Uh, I, it's actually hard for me to keep track of <laughs> everything he does. And I think even he has trouble keeping track. But here's here's the roster of shows that's on there. Interviews with Everyday People, which is a podcast talking to everyday people because everyone has a story. Basically, it's what I wanted to do with my old Jersey Rain idea, and then it kind, kind of just stopped because it was just too hard to maintain that many shows at that time. Uh, but he's doing it the right way. The Tornado Tag podcast is all about major wrestling companies, and old school topics, local indie stuff as well. The Bang and Beers podcast. It's a two-star podcast looking for a five-star beer. The uh, Not Cool in High School, which is similar to what we're doing here. Pop culture, games, films, all that stuff. By the way, the logo is a ripoff of the Rugrats logo, which is amazing. Uh, Truth Behind Illusion, that's their paranormal podcast. Jeff Trelowitz, you might want to get interviewed for that one. Uh, Welcome back with Chris and Mario. They're two Diablo friends talking about the things they like. He has the, uh, oh my god, I can't pronounce this one. High Earth and Other Words, Discussion of Spiritual Path in Everyday Life. Uh, The We Like Wrestling podcast, more wrestling stuff. And then of course, Stay Doomed. Which is a look at shows that ran for one season or less. And I would like to announce that our newest partner, along with, of course, the Blake and Sal show, Watch Me Cook with our friend Tom, and, of course, United We Fan Podcast with Mark and Brian, is the IWEP Network. So these are our new partners here, and Anthony Blackwell has joined our group, and we're happy to have him along. The last time I saw Mr. Blackwell was on February 29th, 2020 for the final GSW show. Very nice, very cordial man. He doesn't live that far from me. He's in Pottstown, which is only about an hour and a half from where I am. So it's it's doable if I wanted to do the in-person interview at some point. It's in the, the Chikara circuit. <laughs> He is, yes. And he does does a lot of commentary. He works a lot of conventions. As he said, he's just a guy trying to make it, as we all are. So, Anthony, we're happy to have you on board. And if you'd ever like to come on the nerd table and chat with us, you are more than welcome to. We'll have to look into having him on at some point. Of course, we have to work around his schedule as well, which is kind of like our schedule. Not an easy one to work with, but, <laughs> but we'll make it happen. So welcome to the fold here. Uh, Last week's episode, of course, we've gotten tons and tons of comments, many from Ellis, many from our friends Brian and Jeff and and Adrian. It's the the, the main, the top fans, if you will. I'm not going to go apeshit reading every single comment because Ellis left a fuck ton. But let's read some of the, some of the feedback from last week's episode. Um... If we're trying to talk about Matt Stone and Trey Parker movies, we can't forget or defend Cannibal the Musical. I have never seen it. And I forgot about it. So, apparently you can forget that. I've only seen it the once, 
and I don't remember how I felt about it because I think it was one of those I watched it out of necessity. I was probably in college. I was probably distracted. So, uh, Jeff did attempt stand-up comedy at an open mic night once, but he said it went very badly. <clears throat> and then, of course, we talked about stand-up comedians last week, and Jeff mentioned George Carlin, which he has actually seen live in person. He said his mouth hurt from laughing so hard. That is awesome, and that would have been that would have probably been my number one comedian to see live. Because he was absolutely the best. Has Even, there... like, his last special was fucking awesome. And it came out, like, right before he died. And there's a whole part of it in there about him talking about being friends with people on social media and when you're supposed to unfollow them after they die. Oh, God. Like, what's, the et- what's the etiquette? And then by the time I watched that special, George had died. Uh, I know he was, well, he was one of a kind. There'll never be another George Carlin. Much like Rob Van Dam. Uh, Jeff is also a big fan of Christopher Titus. And he's, he likes the fact that he likes the fact that he jokes about things you shouldn't laugh at. Well, because he's got jokes about 9-11, shuttle explosions, priests molesting kids, OJ Simpson, Terry Schiavo. And you know what my response to that is? Either all of it's funny or none of it is funny. Would you guys like to throw some feedback on that mindset? No, I, I like Christopher Titus. I like a, a lot of his material. Not all of his material, but nothing because it's like, oh, I don't think that's funny. Well, oh, okay, hold on. Let me rewind that. I think it's not, I don't think it's funny, some of his material, but it's not, it has nothing to do with the material itself. I just like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Well, like, yeah. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But outside of that, no, I think his, uh, the, the stuff that he does with his dad are based around his dad and his mom being like, oh, fucking crazy shit. That's hilarious. I remember watching his sitcom, a very short lived show. Yeah. It only made it about two seasons, but I remember really liking it. I'll have to look into that one. So, yeah, um, but this actually brings up an interesting point. Uh, Yesterday, I posted a meme. It was Bob Saget and Betty White. And Bob Saget asked Betty White what she wanted for dinner, and she said, how about some meatloaf? And a couple of people got greatly offended by that. So I would like to use this format to issue a public apology to those people and apologize to them for not having a good enough sense of humor. And also apologize to them for having to see stuff that offends them on my wall when they could just as easily do the unfollow thing. So I'm sorry you guys have a shitty sense of humor, but I don't apologize for posting anything on my wall. If you're offended, you keep moving. I see shit that people make jokes about all the time on Facebook that I don't find funny. And I don't comment on any of it because I just ignore it. And you know what happens when you comment on something that offends you? It keeps popping up because they're going to respond to you. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's why if I see something like I'll give you I'll give you a perfect example. I actually did unfollow one of my wrestling friends 
because he broke his foot and kept posting pictures of his swollen black foot. And I got tired of seeing it, so I unfollowed him. Oh, he was a black guy. His foot's always black. But you know what would have happened if I had said, ew, foot, on the com- on the page? I would have been looking at it a lot more when I got notifications about it. Even if people like don't disagree with you, just more people commenting every time, you get a notification and it pops back up to the top of your feed. You guys ever get tagged in shit that you're not even involved in? Yes. Like nobody well, you tags you in there. me on something that has nothing to do with me. No, I get notifications for stuff I'm not even CC'd on. Oh, like, yeah. Nobody tagged me in it, and it's just like, oh, hey, there's this thing for you. I'm just like, this isn't for me. This is for pregnant women. Like, who are you talking about? <laughs> I had one the other day. It was, I got, I got a notification on Facebook because my mom commented on my sister's post. <laughs> and I had nothing to do with it. I didn't even see the post. I did not comment on it, did not like it. I wasn't tagged anywhere. But Facebook was just like, hey, you need to see this. Because it's your mom and your sister. You told us that, they, that these people are your mom and your sister. So therefore, I have to see it. You know, what's funny is as we're, we're talking about this, I just got tagged on Facebook by my mother in something. <laughs> At least this time, the notification makes sense. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, social media, it's funny. And here's the thing. I'm not saying that, like, you can't get mad for seeing a tasteless joke, but... You're not going to get anything out of me by commenting about it. Except I'm probably going to laugh at you. Uh, the only funny comment was actually from Jeff Trelowitz because he said... Yes, hit, hit, that popped me. <laughs> he said, this joke must have COVID because it's tasteless. <laughs> that was a pop. <laughs> that was a pop. So that, that cracked me the fuck up. Uh, we'll talk about meatloaf in a little bit here. Because I do have some some feedback about his passing. Uh, to go back through some of the comments here, of course, Ellis just started going apeshit on comments. And I absolutely don't know where any of this was a follow-up in any of these episodes. So I'm just going to read some of them that I think are funny. Uh, from Ellis, you ever fart, smell it, and think, what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> well... Yeah, so, trying to figure uh, out what what I ate made that smell. So I never eat it again. <laughs> or if you if someone's pissing you off, you eat more of it. Uh, Ellis thought my number one fandom was BDSM. Then he said, "Never mind, that's something completely different." Carry on. I'm actually not sure which direction he was attempting to go with that because <laughs> that could have gone in two directions. Uh, I don't know where he was going with that, but okay, buddy. Oh my god. I have to read this one. Wish I could have done an Amish woman. That's one way to avoid an STD. She could churn my butter. Thank you, Ellis. Thank you, Ellis. Wonderful feedback. Trying to be squirrely Dan. Uh, Here's some feedback about the Disney resorts. Uh, The last time my wife and I stayed on Disney property, we always tend to plan a resort date because the higher Disney hotels have really cool pool areas and that I can go whenever I want to. So, yeah. Yeah. I guess it really depends. 
I think it honestly depends on where you're staying, right? If you're staying at an actual resort, you might want to plan one day to just hang out there. But if you're just using a, a hotel for the bed, then you're not going to spend a well, lot of time you know, there. Like I did mention that last week, but I, you know, a decent pool would be nice to unwind at the end of the day. You know, you know what we used to do on our trips? We would spend half a day at the park, go back to the hotel, hang out in the pool to unwind a little bit. Then we'd go back for dinner and the fireworks. And it was actually really cool because I don't remember ever getting really tired and really cranky as a kid over, over all that. We had infinite energy. We are like androids back then from the fucking Dragon Ball saga. No, we don't. Have you ever seen how kids react to the parks? I've seen kids at the end of the night that are just dead. Yeah, yeah but, but that's the end of the remember night. <laughs> okay, this one's this one's a funny comment because it's just it's just Ellis being ridiculous. Terrible ride names for Hershey Park Kid Area. The Hershey Squirts. Ha ha ha! My talk to text wasn't picking my laughing up at this. I made myself laugh out loud. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and a three-year-old he... joke. As in, it's a joke for three-year-olds. Yep, but it made him laugh. And then he also might have had a snorting fit while driving, which is dangerous. So That is very dangerous, because usually your eyes close when you do such a thing. Ellis <clears throat> uh, has a fun fact about working at Dragon Challenge, which okay. is also a 90-second ride. Apparently, someone was able to whip it out and get off while riding it once. <laughs> Code 5 white. What the fuck? Oh, that's a theme park story I've never heard before. We got to have him on to tell some of his stories. I've uh, I've I've caught some cast members fucking on the clock. Uh, I just had fun listening to Chris say coffee. Okay, I got a story about this from this week at work. They were I uh, was on trash duty. Because Jerry didn't take the trash out before he left at 5 o'clock, so I did it for him. Thanks, Jerry. Damn it, Jerry! God damn it, Jerry. (laughs) The best part is, I could be talking about two different characters named Jerry. (laughs) And they're both accurate. Well, I'm thinking more Parks and Rec, personally, but... Oh, I always thinking Jerry from uh, (laughs) uh, Oh, shit. Rick and Morty? Um, Yeah, Rick and Morty. I almost forgot the name. You are both correct. (laughs) (laughs) that could go either way and you are both correct so while I'm taking I was taking the coffee out of our little tiny one room little tiny one room toilet area and there's just a stale smell because somebody threw out their empty coffee cup in the metal trash bin and that smell can resonate in there and it made the whole bathroom stink so I'm politely asking them to throw those cups out in the kitchen, and I'm doing it in my way, which is, you know, by being fake aggressive about it so that they know it's a joke. And the girl starts making – well, first off, the girl wanted to know if I had an issue with the smell of coffee, which was not the case. And then that turned into making fun of my accent. But there was a customer that was in the store at the time, and they started making fun of me too. So that person can fuck off. But yes, everybody makes fun of the way I pronounce stuff. My wife does too. She loves it. So thank you. You're welcome, Ellis. What about Kafifi? 
No. No. Pass. How 2017? Was that 2017? Uh, Was it? You know what I remember about that is that I couldn't sleep that night and I woke up. It was, I I must have been like not feeling well or something because I was sleeping in the other room. And I usually sleep in the other room if I'm not feeling well because I'm tossing and turning and everything. It's like three in the morning. And May I'm like, 30th, 2017 was when that tweet went out. I'm like, fuck it, I can't sleep. So I go on Twitter and everyone's having a, having a laugh riot meltdown about this thing. And thankfully, Danny Risner was awake at the time. So I messaged him. I'm like, what's going on? He goes, he goes yeah, uh, check out the latest tweet. I think he stroked out in the middle of it. <laughs> and I... No idea how that happened, but we still don't know how that happened. Uh, but it was funny. So yes, uh, that's what I remember. Uh, Ellis did f- f- provide feedback. RX-24 is a DJ in Galaxy's Edge, and the Ninja Turtle toy in question was a Raphael that launched pizzas. That's pretty cool. Oh, he had like the pizza gun? Yeah. Uh, Brian Leon marked out Dan when you mentioned Clint McElroy. Oh. He also... Adventure Quest or whatever the frick the thing's called. He also felt like Matrix Resurrections was bad and unnecessary. Well, guess what? I didn't see it, and I think it's gone now. It is gone, and I also have not seen it. But I do want to. And... Adventure Zone. The Adventure Zone. That's the name of the show. And, oh God... This came from last week, so this was five days ago, but Brian mentioned seeing Louis Anderson do stand-up live. Aww. Louis Anderson was still alive when he wrote that. Uh, he said it was not great. It was mostly just about how he was old and didn't understand cell phones. And from Brian, he seconds with you, Eric. Loves oatmeal raisin cookies. If you don't, that's fine. More for me. His second place is white chocolate macadamia. Ooh. Those are good. That's good. And now for a controversial take. Chocolate chips ruin everything. With the exception of classic chocolate chip cookies, just about any other thing that normally has chocolate chips, I'd like better without them. Give me plain mint ice cream or plain cookie dough, damn it. (laughs) Chocolate isn't that great anymore because it's in everything. Well, there you have it. Brian Leon versus Chocolate. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Even even some of the stuff that I actually like chocolate chip in, I I prefer it without chocolate chip. Like, I like chocolate chip uh, waffles. But normally when I get them, they're like chocolate chip and, and uh, caramel. Or peanut butter. Not, not caramel. Peanut butter. Mm-hmm. But I'd still prefer either just a plain waffle and I can add butter to it or peanut butter to it or chocolate to it as I needed, but I don't need it mixed in. I agree with that. I actually don't like waffles or pancakes with chocolate chips in them. I'd rather just have I actually would actually prefer I'm blueberry. More of a, yeah, I'm more of a fruit in my uh, I, I agree that I take the plain over everything else because you can do more with it, but if I was given the choice, if there was like if my only pancake options were chocolate chips or blueberries, I'm going with the blueberries. And I think I would do the same with the waffles. I'd do the same too. Dude, nothing... I normally don't get pancakes, though. For whatever reason, I just don't like pancakes, but I love waffles. 
I did that more than once at the at the hotel I worked at when I was working in the morning. If there was no guests visible eating breakfast, I would go to the waffle batter thing and just make myself a waffle and just bring it back to the front desk with me and just snack on the waffle. Because nothing beats a freshly made waffle. So good. Yeah, man. So yeah, so it's a pretty, a pretty good. good. The issue with waffle irons now is uh, their safety. So it means it takes for fucking ever and it tells you it's done cooking and it's not done cooking. <laughs> Because we gotta, we gotta make sure you don't burn your house down. Yes, but you also don't want to undercook a waffle because of the batter. If you undercook a waffle, you might as well burn your house down because you, you're gonna want to. <laughs> so we end up like it says it's done, and it's like it's not done. <laughs> it's just terrible. And in the morning, I'm making waffles. The waffles are great. <clears throat> Uh, Ellis has some more comments here. I'm trying to see if there's any that's we can actually. Uh... Oh, uh, his no, 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 no. Just like would be interesting, and we could have feedback for it because a lot, a lot of the comments we're getting, I, I can't relate to specific segments on the show, so I wouldn't really know. How to read them. But here's in this is actually interesting. Ellis's go to series for his wife and him is actually Sex in the City. I didn't I wouldn't see that as a show that he would be into, but okay. He said he can quote that show. I don't think that's a show that I would be into personally, because I don't think the subject matter appeals to me, but I think it was something like his wife liked it, so, so he got into got it. To, and, so yeah. she got him to try it out and he actually Kind of likes it. Well, there was a series. You guys might have heard of this. Um, it was a book series. It got made into a, a couple of movies here. Uh, my wife was really into it and convinced me to to start on it. And I ended up really liking it. It's called Harry Potter. And she was like, she was like, yeah, I think you'd like this. So, I mean, yeah, that things like that happen. I got her into Rick and okay. Morty. So how, here's the question about Harry Potter. When did you guys get in? Like, when in the progression of movies, books? 2008. Uh, there were five movies out at the time. So you were, you were after me. Wow. So I read the first five books. I read them, and then I watched the movie when I was done with the book until I got to Half-Blood Prince because that hadn't come out yet. And then, so I read Half-Blood Prince and Deathly Hollows before the Half-Blood Prince movie came out. I didn't need to read the books. I just watched the movies and let everybody else tell me about whatever I fucking missed about the movies. Well, that, <laughs> or, that wasn't in the movies. But, <laughs> but you know, all right. But you're yeah. not a book guy, though. I'm not. No, so I, I understand that. But so yeah, in '05, where we were living, there was a lot of internet problems, and the guy came around. and He said, "Well, sometimes there's an issue." With the HBO switch and the internet. So we got free HBO for like a year or so. And that was the summer where the movies that were showing were constantly Harry Potter 4 and Batman Begins. Just <laughs> all day, every day. All day, every day. So my first actual experience with Harry Potter was Goblet of Fire film. I love magic. 
And then I read the books, and um, and the cool thing was that the fifth movie came out like the weekend before the seventh book came out. So I literally saw the movie and then went to a bookstore and picked up the last book. The last book came out while we were in France. I remember that because a bunch of the girls on the trip were had done the research to find where they could pick up an English copy of the book while we were in New Summer of 07. Because I was in New York. <laughs> that was a big thing that was happening. So, <clears throat> Yeah, I remember like uh, being on property and people were lining up by the uh, UK just waiting because they were selling the books on uh, in, in the world ah, in the UK section you know you remember that I know you said you were in France but like I can't oh I remember I, I remember the hype behind it see but, but the thing is with Harry Potter I always knew that was probably going to be something I would like and I just needed the right time to get into it and I never like found the time to do it but then I started dating Shannon and I was trying to like pick up interests of hers she also got me to read some other book series about vampires a sparkle in the sunlight which I did not enjoy as much as Harry Potter. I mean, not like Jasper, though. <laughs> I actually do like Jasper. <laughs> I've told you that before. I, I probably said it on the show, too, but my entire review of the Twilight series is that it would actually be a good series if you removed Edward and Bella from it. <laughs> because they're the two worst fucking characters, and every other character is interesting. And, but the, but the, the two we fo- but the two we focus on are the horrible protagonists who are boring as shit. Read all four books, saw all five movies. There was five movies. Yep, because Harry Potter split their last book into two, so therefore we all had to do it. So Hunger they Games did it, did it. Twilight did it. did it, and then. And then Peter Jackson was like, I'll do you one better. I'm going to take the first book and make it three movies. Even though it's like smaller than all the other books <laughs> no, really. in that universe. Yeah, so yeah, no one else, uh, Harry Potter needed to split it up, but no one else did. Yeah, well, but we got what we got. So, uh, One final comment here from Ellis for you, Eric. He is disappointed that your job interview was University of Michigan and not Michigan State. Well, I never applied for Michigan State, and if I did, I don't want to fucking travel that far. That's all, like, it's at least an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. See, we're not taking that into consideration. No, this is just Ellis hearing something he didn't want to hear. I could could probably go for, like, Eastern, but... Not not state. That's too fucking far. Go to Lansing, my ass. East Lansing on top of that. Oh, God. All right. So. Fuck the Spartans. So last week, uh, I rolled Hearthstone for the game of the the day. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the other games that showed up this week. Uh, Borderlands was on day 16. Nice. Original Borderlands. Uh, Dan got me into that. You were one of the the big Borderlands guys. You convinced me to pick it up. I had a lot of fun playing that game. So good. Very entertaining. Very fun. Very fun game. I remember getting very confused. There was a part where I got stuck pretty early on. I just couldn't figure out what to do. 
And then I, like, stumbled upon where I needed to go by happenstance. All of a sudden, there were enemies again. I was like, oh, guess I go this way. But very fun game, and uh, Claptrap is awesome. Got a kick out of him. Yeah, he's great. Are you going to pick up um, Tiny Tina's Wonderland? Or Tiny Tina's whatever it's going to be called, the new D&D one? Right now, I'm just... Oh, you're asking him. Oh, well, I figured you might pick it up if we all pick it up, because that's how we can play together. I mean, eventually. I'm just attempting to figure out how I'm getting my PS5 at this point. There's a lot of games early this year, which is not normal. Yeah. So, no joke. Because the game industry is recovering from... Uh, from everything that's happened the last two years. Yeah, so there's like a bunch of games out. that bunch of games that probably should have came out middle or late last year or come out early this year. And there's some shit like Horizon. Do you know Master Duel fucking came out? First WWE game in three years. <laughs> coming yeah, out. there's a lot to process right now. That's like in March. <laughs> Uh, Ring is coming out next month. That new Kirby game looks awesome, by the way. An open world Kirby game. Where he's like in quote unquote Earth in after it, the end times or whatever. Yeah, it's like Earth it's like Earth after people. Looking forward to a, it. He ends up in a mall, but like there's it's in a forest. It's a forest mall now. This was a Pizza Hut. <laughs> They've done they've oh, done that so show good. like after yeah, people and and that's exactly what would happen is nature would just start taking over and destroy the infrastructure. Yeah, like the grass and the trees mm-hmm. will start growing in places they weren't able to grow before because we would stop it from happening. Exactly. Intentionally or unintentionally. Exactly. Uh day 17 was Yar's Revenge. Remember oh, yeah. that game? Old school. Yep. I do not remember. I don't think I ever played it. The guy that made Yara's Revenge also made E.T. Yep. Which is one of the highest rated games of all time and one of the worst rated games of all time. <laughs> Isn't uh, it now, like, if you have a copy of it, it's worth, like, a fucking shit ton of money? E.T.? Yeah. I don't think so. Maybe. I mean... Somebody's out there trying to destroy all the copies of Shaq Fu, and I've got one mint in box. But I don't think it's worth that much. I guess I could try to sell it and see what happens. Well, you got to wait until that guy succeeds at a large enough scale, and then yours will be worth a lot of money. Supply and demand, man. Exactly. That's what happens with the graphics cards. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Day 18 was Final Fantasy VII. Great fucking game. Probably the best game. Best Final Fantasy game in a long time. That one comes up a lot from people with their Final Fantasy opinions. It's it's one of these things, right, where I understand the flaws. I know that it was glitchy, but even with that, it had some like sick interactions with the PlayStation, where if you cast regen on yourself, all you had to do was hit the open button on the... Uh, on the PlayStation, the lift lid, 
and you could just let it sit there for a while until your characters were max health and then close it again and then continue. It was it was really awesome. You know, there's a lot of games like that where you can interact with the actual PlayStation. But you don't see that anymore, and I, I wish they were to do that again. I mean, like, that was that was a big thing with the Atari 2600, all the switches and stuff that you could flip. Yeah. Well, the issue now is, like, change your controller import. Oh, shit. Uh, hey, let me read your memory card. Oh, shit. <laughs> These things don't exist anymore. Exactly. Uh, the thing that I got me was uh, Doki Doki Literature Club, where to actually beat the game, you have to delete the game. You were, we, we had that discussion on an old podcast, Dan. If you remember. So you have to uninstall the game and then reinstall the game? And yeah, yeah. You, uninstalled it. you delete the save file. Yeah. And then when you log back in, you get the actual ending of the game. Which is cool because then you can just start it over again. That was, a, that was such an interesting game. And I picked it up. Well, A, I picked it up because it was free. And I'm like, oh, it's it's a horror game, but it's designed to look like it because it's it's all anime based. It was designed to look like one of those anime dating deals, right? Where like yeah. you're the new kid at school, and there's three different girls, and ones, and then the fourth one's your best friend, and she's getting jealous because you might be interested in one of these three girls, and you have to do stuff with their personality. And then there's these little hints throughout the game that something's completely fucked up with what's happening, and then it just gets dark real fast and gets fucking creepy. It was brilliant. I loved it. I'm going to do a whole stream of, of it again. Because I, I, I played it like four hours one day, just sat down and played it and got through to the end. And I still didn't get the true ending because I didn't realize there was something else I had to do that I missed. But There was um, also another way like games could do that is like in Nair Automata is there's like, in order to like get the complete ending you have to beat the game like six seven times but there's also a thing where like the end boss you can get helped by other players like their avatar will come in and help you fight the end boss and you can sacrifice your save file to be helpful to other players but if you sacrifice your save file you can't get that seven playthroughs to get the perfect ending and all the achievements and stuff Oy. So it's like a decision. That's too much. That'd be too much for me. Uh, day 19 was Ms. Pac-Man. Interesting story about that, because there's a group of guys that made hacks to video games because they owned some and they stopped making money because people had enough or had beaten it or whatever, and they wanted to make it smoother and a little more difficult or whatever and instead of getting full on sued they got hired and their all the changes they made to Pac-Man became Miss Pac-Man. <laughs> there you like, go. Back in the day when you would said. actually recruit the people who did a better job than you. Now it's just ah, sue them into the ground so they don't yeah. exist. So they're like let's do all the changes you made and then put a bow on her head. <laughs> it's Miss Pac-Man. Yeah, but it ended up being more popular than the original one. That so was better. Is it made improvements? Exactly. Day twenty was Dota two. Uh, I'm sorry. Not a fan. It's just a difficult game. 
It's it's one of those games where I I feel like I'd be better at it if I wasn't too fucking greedy. Because if you die, you lose all your money, and you need money to get items. And I tend to hoard money until I am like, maybe I can just save enough money to get the big item right away. And then I get caught out by something and die, and then I'm just like, motherfucker, I got nothing. Uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, day 21 was Paper Mario. That's game. I am not in Paper Mario. It's have, the best Mario game, in my opinion. I have not played any Paper Mario games either, but I have. there were two that were highly recommended to me, and this was one of them. So, I will make an effort to play this, especially now that it is available on the Switch Virtual Console. What? What? They what? also just added Banjo-Kazooie. They did, yeah. Banjo-Kazooie's on there now, too. I'm downloading it as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> And then yesterday's game, which was day 22, was Secret of Mana. What a great game that was. I specifically used a screenshot from the Super Nintendo version. And that catches us up until today. We have not chosen today's game yet. Let's choose it live! Let's go to random.org. Well, the iPad's in the other room, so I'll be right back. In the meantime... What's what's the numbers? Well, I I don't know, because I have to get the iPad to figure out what what game's which. How many days are left in the year? I will... I will ask you this, Dan. (laughs) Let's rate the best or the worst class of D&D, and then we'll change it up for the best and worst class of a beginner to D&D. Okay. Because I feel like they're completely different. Oh, yeah. De- oh, definitely. Alright, what would you say the best class in the game is? Best class? Best class. <clears throat> because in 5e, of the versatility of the class now, with all the different subclasses, it might be the cleric. Oh, cleric is really good. Cleric is really you can- good. Pretty much be a any other class, but you're also a cleric at this point. Yep, you can cast spells, but you're still a martial champ. They get proficiencies in heavy armor. Okay, yeah, I like it. Because yeah, gonna... like, oh, I want to be a frontline fighter. You could do that and be a cleric. I want to stand in the back and buff everybody and do all that. You could do that and be a cleric. Okay, I, I would. I would. I was gonna. Pick between cleric and druid, but I see where you're going. I feel like druid is really good because if you just don't want to die, just you know, circle of the moon druid and yep. just keep wild shit. Uh, keep yeah, damn it, Yasha, stop. <laughs> All right, then you just keep changing forms into whatever, and then you come back out of it and come right back into another form, and you get the cat like the spell casting and and all the all of the above for the cleric minus the heavy armor. But it doesn't matter because you can just keep changing into things that have 100 HP. <laughs> exactly. So you just take it. You're just a meat shield at that point. Now, what would you say is the best for a newcomer? Because we know that 
any spellcaster is probably not suited no. for dealing with the uh, dealing. It's a lot easier now with like D and D Beyond, where it does most of the keeping track of stuff for you. Oh yeah, hands down. <laughs> but oh my goodness, um, best for a beginner would be a fighter, which I'm about to be a fighter. We're you think so? Break. We're taking a break from my campaign. Uh, after next week, and we're doing another one for a bit. And I'm going to be a fighter for the first time. Big fighter, yeah. The fighter would have to be the easiest. Well, and then be like, yeah, don't, don't do like Eldritch Knight or what's the one that has like all the fighting style things where like they can repost and stuff like that. Like, oh, Battlemaster. Battlemaster, yeah, keep it simple. Battlemaster is... I feel like it's fun. I feel like that that's easier to manage, though, because you get, like, superiority dies, and you just add that die to whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah, I, I feel like, like... Just stick with, like, champion. That's what I'm gonna do, anyway. <laughs> the champion was, one? My last was a wizard, so I'm keeping it super simple. Um, Dude, I don't... It, it's the only class that I haven't played as a wizard. I feel like they're too squishy. You gotta stay in the back and hope you have stuff. Like, I made one of the other characters, which was the Barbarian, we decided to be brothers. And when the Meat Shield has a connection to you, you tend not to die. Although there was a time where I died outright towards the end of the mission, or towards the end of the thing, thing, but thankfully we did have a way to rewind time. Oh wow! In so that, you were like high level then. We were, I think, eleven. Eleven, and there was an object that I was that we were sure we had to interact with to end the thing, and I touched it, and it dealt me enough damage to outright kill me from full health. I think I think the wizard is probably the hardest and probably like the worst class to pick if you're brand new D and D, but they are essential. They do so much fucking damage, and I, as far as I know, they're the only ones that can actually get ninth level spells, aren't they? Or is there another class that can ha- that has access to ninth level spells? I have no idea. I never got that high. Oh. They're the best spellcasters in the game, but fuck are they squishy. I feel like if I was going to make a wizard, unfortunately, I'd have to pick variant human, and I would have to take the tough feat just so I can get some extra HP. And then my constitution is going to be like ridiculously high. Because I have yet to play in a game where anybody did anything that their role was supposed to do. Like, I'm going to end up taking some sort of damage. And with a 1d4 at level 1, it doesn't take much. So yeah, that's going to be my pick for worst class uh, to start off for a beginner. Yeah, I would say for that, I would say for overall complexity is probably a druid. You think a druid is more complex than a wizard? Yeah. 
There's I just guess, so much, so much more to, to keep track of for a brand new person to the game. Uh, yeah, because they still got spell slots, but then they also got the wild shape. And then before you know it, you have every sh- every spell in the world at your fingertips, and now you have to choose. <laughs> oh my god! I have to tell you about this funny story. I was a uh, I was actually a warlock, and I used the. Uh, Summer, uh, summon greater demon, but I didn't. I did not fucking pay attention to the actual text. You didn't have <laughs> the blood, so you could control it. <laughs> I, I summoned him. He killed everything, <laughs> and it was just me and the cleric were just spamming, spamming uh, banish until the kid gets it away <laughs> at the end of it all. <laughs> and the cleric at the end was just looking at me and like. What the fuck? I was like, I'm sorry. I thought I could control it. <laughs> it's so much damage. The DM's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. I I, I read Summon Minor Demons, and I looked at all the traits, and then I said Summon Greater Demon, which I also had that fucking spell. So I mistakenly got one spell mixed up with the, another spell. And then I was like, oh, well, it should be the same, right? What's the difference? And I found out the difference is challenge rating. It is the fucking challenge rating. Indeedly doodly. That was a fun game. You back? I've been back. Chris? Oh, you've been back. Okay. I wasn't going to interrupt this conversation. Dude, I feel like we need to get Chris in on, on an actual DD. Like, I know you've been in some games with us, but we've always done, like, little one-shots. We've tried All to right. do a campaign. Let's do this. we got drunk our, off Let's our do ass. this. I'm going to tell you right now, the one thing I can't stand about D&D, actually, is legitimately is creating the character. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you guys a basic idea of what kind of a character I want. You can figure out all the freaking details. Hand me the character, and I will play. Creating character is the best part. No, I, I can't. It really I'm, is. But I'm no good at it. I get frustrated because there's too much to it. And I can't I can't make a simple character because then I can't be useful in the campaigns. So I need somebody else to do that part for me. I'll give you the base idea of what I want. You make the character, hand it to me, and I will play. All right, well, what would your base idea be? Well, there's two things I like to be. I either want to be I either want to be the the warrior who gets who's first in line with combat or the healer who is protected at all costs. So it's whatever your party needs. Make something like that for me. Uh why not both? We'll make you a fucking uh maybe not two-handed but sword and board cleric. Oh boy. All right. Probably forge or tempest. Uh, yeah, I haven't really paid too much attention on the subclasses. You play that new Twilight one. I've, I've been three different clerics before. So two, two different clerics. <laughs> clerics are OP because clerics used to suck. They really did. They finally got it in five E. <laughs> well, I still don't think they balanced it well in five E because it's. It, I feel like if you have an encounter with a group and you have one cleric it's either you you do enough damage to 
to the cleric. Like, or you have to make the encounter towards the cleric, which in which pretty much means the rest of the party is going to fucking wipe because you're trying to kill the goddamn cleric. Because you can't really, you can't kill a cleric, so you need abundant, like an abundance amount of damage. In my opinion, you help me make the character, and I'll play. Or a war, uh, a war cleric. The other thing that frustrates me with D anD D is I don't get a lot of time during the week to play it, and I'm not going to say the details. I know why this campaign failed so miserably. It was because of one individual person that was in it, but like. I tried playing an old, like, Thursday night campaign. I don't even remember if you were part of this, Dan. You might have been. It was a couple of the wrestling people. Mike Underwood was running it. Yes. And there was somebody who ended up being uninvited from the group later on. But I remember I played one session, and in two hours, I had two turns. And I just, I didn't want to play anymore, because I'm like, I'm not having fun with this. Because I'm literally just sitting here. Now I'm getting bored. And this was back when we would have issues with our sleep schedules timing up. So I'm staying up late. Shannon's trying to go to sleep. And I can't, like, be talking and doing all this. So now I'm just I'm just not having a good time. And I'm trying to communicate this to the group, but one person just wasn't getting it through their damn head that, like, we need to... And I'm not saying... I'm not, I'm not going to ever try to rush a campaign, but... There was a lot of unnecessary stalling that was going on. And I'm just like, all right, well, I need to go, guys. So, And I was never able to come back because it just wasn't working out. Of course, I know that the person who was causing those issues no longer plays or no longer plays with this group. So I imagine there's a more that a person more no set longer doing it. any of our lives in any way, shape, or form. Well, no, they keep trying to come back into mine, and I keep re- refuting it, but... <clears throat> but have you thought no? <laughs> okay. But Eric, well, I... Eric, if we, if it's more like the campaigns we used to play at Paul's place, because those used to move along pretty swiftly. I'm down oh, yeah. with something I, like that. I like to do battles rel- relatively quickly. I think where I am starting to get better at is making, um, including your backstories into the new story. Like, I'll take random encounters and I'll start, like, stringing them together for, like, an adventure or whatnot. And then once I have a a, a feel for what your characters are, like, after, like, what their actual goals are and stuff like that, then I start creating a a better world around that. I I plan my worlds around my my characters. Or, like, my my players. I don't do the other way. That's what the plan of... uh... A homebrew campaign is well. We'll talk. We'll talk after this recording, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll detail out something for me. Cool. All right. All right. So let's uh, let's pick a game for you today. All right. How many days do we have? Three hundred and forty-three games on the list. Ha! I wrote three forty-five. <laughs> You were, close. you were close. All right, Eric, how many times am I going to hit this button? Uh, let's do three times. 158. I do try to, to vary it up where on the list I'm pulling the game from, too. So if I keep pulling from the same section too much, I try to. 
158? <laughs> Is that your final decision, 158? Oh, yes, because I heard that laugh, which means it's great. Oh, my God. I can't believe this is what you just rolled, Eric. Come on. A link to the past. Come on. Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time. Yes. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. <laughs> the shitty one. <laughs> oh, we Gone. definitely have had worse. <sighs> we, I think everybody collectively agrees that the worst Zelda games ever made were on the CDI. Well, excuse me, princess. All right. Ocarina of Time got the win. And you heard it here live on the nerd table. Well, not really live. It's recorded. But you get what I'm trying to say. Exactly. But it happened live at the time. Now I'm just pulling up a good screenshot from the game to use for the picture. Gone. I'll never should, forget this song. There's a picture of uh, Ocarina of Time where somebody was using like the, the hook shot on Ganon's butt. It looked fucking hilarious. Jesus Christ. I would not I would not search that, though. So I think the, the biggest thing I ever saw is somebody has been working on remaking Ocarina of Time in Unreal Engine, and oh my god. God, it looks amazing. I know, but Nintendo will never let it happen. And I don't understand why they're so against it. Just, Just let these things happen. Do you know how happy people would be if Ocarina of Time just showed up in an HD remake like that. Like, do you know how much money they would make? Yeah, they'd make a fucking killing. I feel this is the the prime example of where you hire these guys. You hire them and have them redo this. (laughs) Right? Just let them make this game happen for you. I even saw somebody started redoing Link to the Past in the Unreal Engine. It was a 3D version of the game. and But it, but it worked for what they were going for. So, just do it. I've seen Mario 64 remade in Unreal Engine. I've seen GoldenEye. Just let this stuff happen. This is what people want. Let the gamers have what they want and and charge them money to own it. And you will make so much money. But Nintendo likes owning every single part of their thing. They do. 100%. To the point where you have to apply for a license to for your game to work on their console. It's like it's like Disney or WWE or McDonald's. They're it's their brand and they're obsessed with it. My brand. So you you got to kind of deal with the shit that comes with that, I guess. 
The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is today's game. I can't believe you freaking picked that, Eric. Well, I mean, he Holy picked how many shit. times I rolled, and I rolled that many times. It was a collective decision. But I just love the fact that it ended up being not just a Zelda game, because I have a couple of them on the list, but that Zelda game. <laughs> there are a few Zelda games on the list, and that just happened to be the one that you picked. Well, good job, Eric. The force is strong with me. <laughs> and it's been added to the album as of right now, so people can now see it. And of course, Eddie Whitaker has already love-reacted this picture. And someone is typing a comment. I bet it's Eddie. Because here we go with the love for Ocarina. Uh, so far, Dota 2 has been the least popular game that I've posted because it got the least amount of reactions. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised. Least I'm not amount surprised. of reactions came from that one. <clears throat> All right. So I've got a little bit of a project I want to do this year for 2022 here on the Nerd Table. Um, I am going to watch and review the highest grossing movie each year that I have been alive. And I have pulled up the list of the highest grossing movies each year that I have been alive. I'm actually going to start with 1982 so we can cover all the years that we've all been alive. So we can okay. cover Dan as well. Now, here's the thing. I've got two lists here. One of them is the worldwide gross and one of them is just America. So if the movie differs, I'm going to make a decision of whether or not I watch both or I just pick one. Uh, for the most part, it's the same. But let's go through each one here and, uh, and work with this individually. What, so, why, don't we, uh, we, why don't we vote on it? Like if, it, if it's too different. All well, three of but us. But it's always possible to watch two movies and review them. That could be yes, easily doable. True. So um, so 1982, the year that Dan was born, the highest grossing movie was E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Okay, yeah. Eat this, but I haven't since I was a child. Yes, so that would definitely be a, uh, a trip down memory lane. It's been a long time since I've seen E.T. I've probably... <laughs> I've probably, last time I saw E.T. was probably one of the first times I went on the ride at Universal. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, used to, I used to type in dick for people's names whenever they were dick to me. I know, yeah, I know you did that. <laughs> Goodbye, Bye. dick. Uh, 1983 was Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. So that's an easy one. And of yeah. course, when we get to 1984, the year that I was born, we get our first differential. In the United States, the highest grossing movie was Beverly Hills Cop. But it's been a while since I've watched that. So I'll, I'll, I'd be excited to watch that. However, worldwide, the answer was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. So I think what I, I might do that much more recently. <laughs> what I might do is watch both and then talk about which one I enjoyed more and which one deserved the accolade of being higher grossing. They're both excellent movies, so it's not like it's this might actually be a hard decision. <laughs> <laughs> uh Eric, you were born in nineteen eighty five, correct? Correct. Back to the future. Oh yeah. 
Okay. Seen that in the last six months. <laughs> Very good movie. 1986, Top Gun. Have never seen it. Really? I believe it's an overrated movie. Well, considering the fact that it's the lowest money-making movie on this list so far. There's nothing wrong with the movie. Uh, we I'm, also have a sequel that's been ready for four years that still hasn't come out. Coming out this year, though. All right, 1987, we've got a differential. It's three men and a baby if we're staying stateside. But if we go worldwide, it's actually Fatal Attraction. That would be an interesting compare and contrast right there for 1987. So that, if you're a baby, I saw, but that was like before I was double digits in age. I've never seen Fatal Attraction, so that would be a new and one I've, for me. Yeah, and I've never seen Fatal Attraction. I haven't seen either one of those. There you go. I don't know. You can see Ted Danson's ghost. Woo! <laughs> uh, 1988 is Rain Man. Classic seen it, film. but it's been a long time. Long like time. Like 30 Whoa. years. Maybe 30 years. <laughs> All right. Was, 19... was Rain Man 1988? Yes. Yeah. Uh-oh. 12 minutes to Wapner. It's an interesting movie. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the story's great. Dude's father it's, dies. It's really he learns good. he has a brother. When they grew up together for a little bit, but after a while he got put into a home. And so he mostly grew up not it's knowing he had a brother. Very good. Uh, it'll tug at your heartstrings a little bit, though. <clears throat> um, 1989. We get a very interesting contrast here. In America, it was Batman. Worldwide, it was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So how about that one? Damn like, us Americans and wanting our Batmans. <laughs> Like like the young Mexican child, why not both? Batman and Indiana Jones. <clears throat> Nineteen ninety. Stateside it was home alone. Worldwide it was ghost. Ooh. Ooh. I've both seen Home Alone movies. recently, and I haven't seen Ghost since like a year after it came out. So couple of differentials there here's uh, the funny thing is the highest rating highest grossing movie of the year 1990 it uh, was only out for six weeks in 1990 well there you go then again your average movie back in the day only had about a couple two months stay anyway so well plus a lot of movies make a bulk of their money the first week they're released anyway because that's when everybody's rushing to see it. Do you remember how long it used to take for movies to get from movie theaters to, like, Blu-ray? Or for, like, I guess, VHS for us? Yes! Yeah, you would get your summer blockbuster for Christmas. Because the South Park movie came out on DVD, and I didn't own a DVD player yet, so I had to wait to get it on VHS, and I was so mad seeing it available in the store. Because I didn't get a DVD player till next year when I got my PS2. I was the first person in the whole house to have a DVD player because I had a PlayStation 2. And you know what movies I bought? Because I I went out, I bought because I, I worked my summer job, and that was what I wanted with my summer money. I wanted a PlayStation 2, so my mom bought me to the store. I bought my PlayStation 2. I bought um I can't even remember the games that I bought with it. 
at this point. But I remember the two DVDs that I ever owned. Scary Movie and The Emperor's New Groove. One of them is better than the other, but I'll let you figure out which one. (laughs) (laughs) And I love Scary Movie, but Emperor's New Groove is so good. Yeah. It's so good. All right. Well, 1991, this one won't be hard. It's Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Hell yeah. Great. Greatest action movie of all time. Uh, yeah, it's up there. It's up there. I mean, I know people say that Die Hard is number one as, as far as action movies go, but Terminator 2 has to be in contention when it comes to pure action movies. Terminator 2 Judgment Day, which is also an all-time favorite movie of mine, too. So, uh, 19- so good, and I didn't watch Terminator movies until nearly 2000. <laughs> so I know, it's so good, though. Terminator 2 is the is the classic example of the sequel that completely outperforms the first one. Because first Terminator movie is pretty good. But then Terminator 2 comes along and just does everything. And you better. realize that because the first one was made for, like, no money. <laughs> to the point where they illegally shot most of it. Yeah. The stop motion hey, animation really? on the Terminator is pretty bad, too. Yeah, they had, like, hardly any budget. Um Famously, the part where he goes in and breaks into the car, there's no gimmick to that. He actually broke a window, a car window, in the middle of a street, in the middle of the day. Well, there Jesus. you go. Please like, tell me it was at least their car. <laughs> yeah, it was their car. But, like, they they don't have everything blocked off. They're not officially licensed to be shooting at that point in time in that place. And here's this jack dude walks to a car, punches out the window, runs off with the car. <laughs> That's amazing. You gonna tell him he can't do that? I'm not telling him he can't do that. I'm not telling Arnold from the nineties he can't do anything. <laughs> exactly. Uh nineteen ninety two, Aladdin. Oh, yeah. Okay. Top tier Disney was, movie for me. That was in that golden pocket. Of the late, late 80s to the mid-90s. Yeah, little sure. the one that Little Mermaid started. Little Mermaid relaunched the, the Disney Renaissance, and then Beauty and the Beast came along, and then Aladdin, and then... Uh, well, we're going to talk about more of these movies kinda, in just a sec. But. I'm going to make a mental tally of how many Lucasfilms slash Disney films are, are in these lists. Yeah, there you go. Well, 1993, we get a little Spielbergo with Jurassic Park. Oh, Senior okay. Spielbergo. That's the Universal. We'll go with that. There you go. 1994, we have a differential. Stateside, it was Forrest Gump. Worldwide, it was The Lion King. That one will be interesting. I Not- think Lion King is better. Forrest Gump is great, but, like, come on, Lion King is our childhood. Yeah. 1995, the difference... Toy Story, stateside. Die Hard with a Vengeance, worldwide. Well, I mean, that's the second best Die Hard, so... I agree. I love Which Die Hard originally was not a Die Hard script. And yet, it's the it's a better sequel to Die Hard than Die Hard 2 is. Very good movie. 1996, Independence Day. Who saw that one coming? I mean, it's Independence Day. It's a movie Day. that I didn't get to see until I had it on home video for Christmas. I have the extended edition, 
And it's kind of weird seeing some of the extended scenes, like when they actually go in the spaceship in Area 51 and, and play around with it before they actually do stuff. I actually like the director's cut because I think... I usually prefer the director's cut over most stuff. Terminator 2 and Independence Day are two prime examples of that. Because they add so much to the story, and they're like, well, we had to cut this for time constraints. I'm like, yes, and we missed out on plot points that would have made more sense. Especially in Terminator, where there's the part where he gets rebooted in the in The, the entire cut. reboot scene changes the whole movie if you've never seen the director's cut. They, changes the whole movie. Wait, what? Yes. Is that not in the no. original version? No. In the original version, he's just like, you've got to reset me. And then they come back, and he just comes back. And he's like, everything okay? And they're like, yeah. In the extended version, there's the whole thing of she's going to smash it, and John talks her out of it. It changes the whole movie. Director's cuts are where it's at, people. Or you could be like Superman 2 or uh, Army of Darkness, where I think it's just it's about as good. It's different, but it's the same really good. Yeah, because you get the S-Smart battle, but then you also get the, the real ending, which they didn't want because it would be depressing. And I'm like, but I like this. Depressing is good. I'm used to depressing. <laughs> I know. I see it when I look in the mirror every morning. Anyway. Uh, 1997 is Titanic to the shock of no one. 1998. This is a fun pair here. Saving Private Ryan stateside. Armageddon worldwide. Now that's a difference maker. Yeah, I guess. I guess like... <clears throat> War movies oh are God. a wholly American thing, huh? I guess so. But a movie about the world ending? Well, that's everything. That's the whole world ending. Exactly. And I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to fall asleep. Because <laughs> I'll miss you, baby, and I don't want to miss a thing. 1999. Of course, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. I mean, that's to the shock of nobody. 2000 oh, is an interesting combination, though. Stateside, it's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Worldwide, it's Mission Impossible 2. Which, again, that came out, the Grinch came out November 17th. It had six weeks within the of the year. Yep. To make all this money. Uh, 2001 is Mission Harry Impossible Potter. 2 is the only bad Mission Impossible IMHO. <laughs> well, I will review that. Uh, 2001, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Which I did not see for another five to six years. <laughs> uh, 2002, if we stay stateside, it's Spider-Man. But worldwide, it's Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Ooh. One of those things age better than the other. <laughs> I haven't actually seen the Raimi Spider-Mans since those were the current Spider-Mans. I used to watch those all the time, but yeah. Yeah, I watched them a lot. But... It's been a while now. It's been a while. Uh, 2003, to the shock of no one, Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Which would go on to win a bajillion. Right? It made all that money, and I think it did it in three weeks. Yes. Let's look, because it was like around my birthday, right? It came out like practically Christmas time. Yes. 17th of December. It had two weeks to make all that money. <laughs> it uh, came out on my dad's birthday. There you go. Shrek 2, 2004. 
I didn't see that for a few years. Uh, best Shrek movie, in my opinion. It was really good. Uh, Not two, bad. 2005 was Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, if you stay stateside. But if you go worldwide, it's Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. How about that? The two darkest movies in their franchises. Very interesting combination right there. Which would you rather, though? We had to pick one or the other. Well, that's a tough one, isn't it? Because I've seen that Harry Potter movie at least 20 times because, like I said, we got HBO for free during that summer where it was on (laughs) all day, every day. That's a hell of a choice to make. I'll have to get back to you on that one. I have to actually do some some thinking to come up with the answer there. Um, In 2006, it was Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. And then... Which is, like, the worst one of the trilogy. mm, I don't know. No. That last one one was really long, and I don't know. Well, here's where 2007 gets funny. Stateside, Spider-Man 3. Worldwide, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Well, fuck me. <laughs> two two threes that I'm not a big fan of. Uh, 2008, of course, The Dark Knight. To the shock of no one. Oh, yep. 2009, Avatar, of course. We know that's the highest grossing movie of all time, so that's no shock there. It's just really weird, though. Like, I feel like Avatar wasn't... Nobody talked about it. Well, we're, I'm going to give you a fresh example of it when we when I get there. 2010 is Toy Story 3. That was both ways. So that'll be an easy one. 2011 was Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Wait a second. 2009, Avatar came out December 18th. It made that much money. Almost a quarter of a billion dollars in two weeks. Yes. Correct. Holy shit. We're in the wrong industry, guys. I know. We really are. (sighs) Yeah, we should be in the gaming industry because that dwarfs these numbers. (laughs) I mean, that's true, too. (laughs) Uh, To the shock of no one, the Avengers... Hell yeah. 2012. Uh, 2013, an interesting split here. Hunger Games Catching Fire stateside, but frozen worldwide. Well, I haven't seen Catching Fire, but I have seen Frozen, and I'd rather catch fire. So... Oh. It's a great movie. It's a great movie, but I worked at at the park where they just... They overdid it. I'm aware. I I couldn't let let it go. go. I, I was there, too. I was there, too. Yeah, I was surprised that it wasn't it's frozen here, too. No, it was Hunger Games for, for the stateside audience. IMHO of the movies, I think the first Hunger Games is the best. I of the have... books, of the books, it's the third one, which, of course, they split into two movies, which, anyway, the, the, the two halves of the last book they are very different halves of the book. Yes. It does take a turn. 
So I understand tonally why you would want it to be two movies, but you didn't have to make it two movies. Uh, 2014. Stateside, it's American Sniper. Haven't seen it. Worldwide, it's Transformers Age of Extinction. I've only seen the first Transformers, so... Same. Well, I've heard that it gets... This one is more closer to the first one than the two sequels that I did not like, so I am willing to give that a shot. 2015 is The Force Awakens to the shock of no one. Uh, That's the actual biggest one (laughs) for the year, for a year. Yeah. Uh, Which, of course, it had three weeks (laughs) and made almost a billion dollars in those three weeks. 2016... Rogue One, a Star Wars story, if you stay stateside. Worldwide, Captain America, Civil War. Ooh. Good Both Disney, good job. Both Disney, good job. Yep. Uh, Last Jedi was 2017. That was both ways. Uh, 2018, this is interesting. Stateside, it was Black Panther. Worldwide, it's Infinity War. So Black Panther outperformed Infinity War in the states. Well, because I think because Black Panther came out like in February, and it like instantly went. Every black person go see this movie now. <laughs> and as far as I know, every black person went and saw that movie now. <clears throat> He's not wrong. <laughs> He's not wrong. Everyone I knew. But- but God. I will say, fucking Black Panther is an amazing movie. It is really good. It it's very really good. fucking good. Remember, do you do you guys see that story about the girl that had to have emergency orthodontia because she snapped her 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 orthodontics when he takes his shirt off from when he takes his shirt off? Oh my god! <sighs> anyway, uh, end game. 2019. Uh, 2020 is where things get weird because of COVID, so Bad Boys for Life is your answer stateside. The 800 is your answer worldwide. And then Spider-Man No Way Home. Which again, had two and a half weeks. So to begin this project, uh, throughout this week, I have to watch Beverly Hills Cop and Temple of Doom. All right. Well, I'll watch one of those this afternoon, and maybe both of them if I'm feeling up to it. I'll watch Beverly Hills Cop. And we'll review the movie next week. So that's a little something that I wanted to do, to just to have a little bit of fun. A little bitty fun on the show, give you guys some stuff to, to tune back into. Um, on, uh, on the, since we're on the topic of movies, apparently... The Batman is going to be nearly three hours long. I'm over three-hour movies right now. You don't have to make your movies that long anymore. Just hour and a half of it is Martha dying. <laughs> Son of a bitch, Eric. Jesus Christ. All right. Dan's got something for us this week. Oh, yeah. Um, for Christmas, I got the uh, 2021 version of the DC Comics Encyclopedia. And I figured, from time to time, open a random page. 
Let's go here. Oh my, we could talk about all kinds of stuff here. We're in the K's. Talk about big section of Killer Croc. He's got his own page. But let's go for KG Beast. You know KG Beast? Ever heard of him? Nope. Nope. I think he was in one of the Suicide Squad cartoon movies. He's the guy that gets killed to prove to you that they will kill you. He is from. So he's a he's a this shit is real type of thing. Yeah, he speaks, talks trash, that he's gonna leave, and they blow his head off. He's from 1988. He's oh, where he see DC Comics. Interesting. I guess they have where their home their home bases is on here. Antonal Koyezef the Beast. Six foot three, two hundred and thirty one pounds. Vince McMahon would not want him on his roster. He served heroically in the KGB, earning the codename KG Beast. He was critically injured in a suicide in a shootout with the Suicide Squad in a Moscow subway, but Bar Systems eternally rebuilt him for combat. He then joined NKV Demon. What? Is it? These are like freaking Xbox gamer tags. Remember those? Do you remember the Xbox Game Attacks? X-I-I-I, Demon. Assassin. I-I-I-X. 69. Nice. Nice. Anyway, so he's just a Russian guy. That's a short one. There's big ones. We could do all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's that whole Killer Croc thing. Ooh, Katana. Although I need better lighting to read here, um, I where I am is not conducive to reading on a page. But anyway, that's just a bad example of what we could do if I had better lighting. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to quickly promote what's going on here on CKCC Radio. This week, you guys can check out the first three episodes of a brand new podcast hosted by our own Dan Peck. Dan, go ahead and tell the listeners what you're doing. It is a wrestling show. If you remember, like, uh, 20 to 25, 27 years ago... There was the Monday Night Wars. And you remember when you were in high school and everyone in your school was watching wrestling? That was the end of this time. Uh, I'm breaking down week by week Monday Night Wars between WCW Nitro and WWF Monday Night Raw. We are three weeks in so far. Of which they've gone head-to-head once. Yes. 
There were this went on for two hundred and eighty eight weeks, so there will be two hundred and eighty eight episodes of this podcast. It's dropping Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at five PM. Which means I have to watch the those next two episodes today. So there you go. Uh, a new episode of the Board to Death binge cast came out. The crew is reviewing Peacemaker. First three episodes, you can check that out on CKCC Radio. Yeah, I gotta do want to see that. I still gotta watch Game of Thrones, which I haven't watched an episode in over a month and a half now. <laughs> and then we have the Ranking Tracks Meatloaf Tribute episode that Jeff released. He also released a brand new regular episode. The album is Brand New by Ben Rector. And he's like, this is one of those albums he's trying to spotlight an artist on. You may not have heard of this guy, so it would be cool to check out the album and then hear the ranking of the tracks. Definitely something you guys will want to check out. And of course, the tribute episode to Meatloaf after his recent passing and there's also going to be a tribute real paranormal talk coming out because Meatloaf and one of his music videos was involved with a cemetery in Sussex County, New Jersey, where I grew up. There's a weird New Jersey story about it. So you'll get to hear more about that. Uh, I wanted to quickly discuss the uh, the passing of Meatloaf because he was such an influential person with music and, and movies and everything. And of course... What? Remember when he was couscous? Um, you guys don't know a fucking South Park reference? The couscous South Park reference I remember is when all the snotty rich people come to town and are for the film festival and they're asking if there's couscous around and Mr. Hanky almost dies. So Meatloaf's original name, according to South Park, was Couscous, but Chef told him he needed a name with more meat in it. Oh, from Chef Aid. Okay. So he changed his name to Meatloaf, and everything changed, turned around for him, and that's why he's going to go and help Chef. Also, Meatloaf was on Ghost Wars, which will help out with the Real Paranormal Talk review. So, I saw the Robert Paulson reference once, and then I saw it about 60 more times. So I was already sick and tired of the Rocky Horror Picture Show or Fight Club. I saw that, the Robert Paulson thing. Uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show references where, where all jokes about getting eaten. So, yeah, uh, I made a that was, Rocky Horror Picture Show joke the week before he died in our D&D game. Yeah, those are literally the only two things I saw. <laughs> so apparently that's the only thing he was in. Was literally they came into a room where there was like a bunch of vampire underlings, and they're eating dinner, and they went, "Oh no, meatloaf again!" And then they fight the they fight him, <laughs> and then like the dude dies a week later. Like what the fuck? Well, it's not like you knew that was going to happen. Yeah, but it's funny because that kind of stuff happens a lot. Like it happens more often than you think, than you realize. Like. Holy shit, I referenced that guy two days ago, and today he's dead. But those are the only things anybody talked about. What about Wayne's World? And now I'm waiting for the end of time. By the way, Paradise by the Dashboard Light is a banger. It's like three different songs in one song. 
Oh, another another same coworker. I'm gonna I'm gonna make fun of the one who started on me with the accent. Um, because they were playing. I would do anything for love, and we were having the discussion about what he wouldn't do. And then my coworker Jerry actually looked it up. He goes, "Oh, he won't stop dreaming about her." Is the answer to the riddle. Right, he'll do anything for love, but he won't stop dreaming about her. Okay, makes sense. And then they were playing the song, and the Ouch, girls, and the girls like, "Hey, they're playing your meatloaf guy on the radio." I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "We were just talking about him. They're playing him." I'm like, "Cause he died today." She's like, "Oh, I didn't know that." I'm like, "That's why we were having this conversation about him in the first place." Yeah, he had that big resurgence in the '90s with that song, and. I got a one of the guy, the guy, mean guy of the radio show I do on Sunday nights. He uh, talked about he was in school and the song was big, and he had a bunch of girls talking about the song. And he's like, "Oh, that's cool, you know. I have like an album of his from like '77." And the girls are like, "No, he's like brand new. You're dumb, Ron." And he's like, "Sure, okay." Oh, like the people <laughs> who thought who people thought that Paul McCartney was going to be a breakout star because like Kanye featured him in a song or something. It's like, bitch, Paul McCartney's 75, dude. <laughs> I hate people. <laughs> I just hate people in general. Eric, is that a fair assumption? Yeah. <laughs> We've had that like, conversation. Imagine, like, getting into something and not, like, learning about it. Like, so, I don't understand it. I guess that's, like, what makes us nerds as opposed to just whatever. Well, but like when I'm into something, I try to learn as much as I can about it. Yes, but at the same time, there's nothing worse to me than people who are elitist about that type of stuff too. Like using using my favorite toxic fandom as an example, Star Wars. People don't know every character and every backstory and every reference. And it's just like they're like, oh, "You're not a real Star Wars fan." I'm like, "Fuck off!" You can like something and not have to know every little detail about it. That's the whole thing about being a fan of something is to enjoy it. Ugh, those people drive me up the wall. Instead of being pissy that somebody doesn't know a reference, why don't you educate them? And be like, oh, hey, did you know this? This is actually a pretty cool backstory to this character. Why don't you try that for once? It's the same thing with the friggin' gaming argument. I would rather talk to someone who's excited about the level they just beat in Candy Crush... Then ever talk to someone about the elitist theories of PC versus console and why they're better than you for PC gaming and how you're not a real gamer because you never played Dark Souls. Fuck off. I'd rather talk to the Happy Candy Crush player than you any day. Fuck off. What were we talking about again? Meatloaf? Meatloaf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is that what we were talking about? All right. I don't, know, I don't ever know how we get in any of the directions we go in, honestly. Sleep on it. I, I don't know, but it's it's cool. So yeah, so that was that that, that was most of the uh, the meatloaf conversations that I heard. Um, and then Louis Anderson died the same day. I mentioned yeah, that I earlier. Woke up, I woke up to both of them. And that I one. I swear to God, I remember at least three separate occasions when somebody told me Louis Anderson died, and then it turned out he didn't. So I, I didn't want to be a dick, but I didn't believe it at first because I'm like, are, is this actually the case this time? 
well, celebrities come in threes. I mean, you're right. So. Yeah, but then there's always the question of, did that complete a three, or did that start a new three, or is that the be- middle of a three? Well, <laughs> I mean, it's. I think it started a new three. I don't know. And then it's like, who, is, who, uh, who does, decides who's a celebrity? <laughs> okay, listen. I feel like that was, that's got to be the completion of a three, because I'm counting Betty White as three on her own, because she's fucking fantastic. <laughs> so that... <laughs> So that means it had to be Bob, Meatloaf, and Louie. We just had a big resurgence because he was on that show, Baskets, where he would play a woman and he said, I'm essentially my mother. <laughs> yeah, I remember like seeing him on like, like seeing clips of like late night talk shows with him on it, like in the last few months. It's, it's always weird when somebody had passed away recently and I thought they had actually died a long time ago. It wasn't Louie Anderson. It was somebody else recently it was before Betty White. And I remember I always feel really bad about that stuff. And I'm like, I swear I thought that person had already died. Because, like, I don't feel bad about their passing because I already thought they were dead, right? So, like, you don't really feel bad about it. Which then, worse? Which then makes me feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody looks at you like you're an asshole. I know. Like, you of don't all, feel any remorse? Like, all, no, not the, really. That's a... <laughs> of all the things I'm an asshole for, that's the one you're getting me with? Come on. Well, there's, like, a couple of deaths that, like, it's been a few years, and I always forget about them. And that's, like, Rickman and John Hurt. Like, I'm like, man, I bet John Hurt would be great on this show. And then I remember, oh, wait, he died three years ago. Yeah, and then you then Jeez. you look up the year they died, and you're like, oh, that's way longer than I re- realized. Yeah, okay, yeah, he's been dead for five years now. Son of a bitch, John Hurt. I wonder which celebrities are going to be like the ones that impact us the most. Well, Robin like, Williams was rough. Robin Williams was definitely the like the hardest one so and far. And Rickman just well, passed six years. Jeez. Chester Bennington hurt. Chester. Chester is the other one. Chester hurt really bad. Um, Sean Connery was rough. That I remember, yeah, I remember that one was pretty bad. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, like right now, I'm just thinking about what's going to come soon. Like James Earl Jones just turned 91. Yeah, that one's going to hurt. Mel Brooks is going to hurt. Mel Brooks is going to. That's going to be bad. Bob Barker, that one's going to hurt. Dick Van Dyke, and they're all in their 90s. Ugh, I know. It like. Let's look at... I'm, I'm looking up celebrities in their 90s. So... Oh. Celebrities like picking lottery tickets. Which one's up next? <clears throat> that vending machine meme? Clint Eastwood's still alive, right? Is he? Because he's 91. Or at least he was when this article was written. 
Uh, William Shatner, he's in his 90s. Oh, man. I thought it was going to be him when he went to space. <laughs> Barbara Eden. Oh, Bob Newhart. That's going to be rough. That one's going to be rough. Gene Hackman. Oh, that one's going to be rough, Estelle, too. Estelle Harris. Feeney is 94. Harry Belafonte. Gene Hackman's 91. Mm-hmm. Angela Lansbury is still kicking 96. Yeah, Eastwood's 91. Barbara Walters. Did you hear that thing that Barbara Walters, she was born the same year as Anne Frank and Martin Luther King Jr. And like we associate them as being from three different time periods when they were all born the same year. Is that nuts? All because one died as a teenager, one died in his 40s, and now she, she made it to her 90s. Yeah. It's nuts, dude. Like... Parker. Norman Lear. Oh, man. The oldest living celebrity right now is Marsha Hunt from Pride and Prejudice. She's 104 years old. Sir David Attenborough. Tony Bennett. Oh. David Attenborough is still alive, isn't he? Yeah. God damn. I can't... Dr. Ruth is 93? I can't believe Henry Kissinger is still alive. Honestly. Buzz Aldrin, Robert Wagner... Dude, Bob Barker's 98. And to think he only retired like 15 years ago. I know. He's been enjoying retirement for a while. He retired in uh, 2007. So he, he had a nice long retirement. So at least I know when it happens, he'll have, uh, he'll have led the good life. He'll, he had led the life he wanted to live and he got to enjoy it. Connery decided he was done, and he got like about ten years to relax. I think it's crazy that Jimmy Carter's still alive, and he's ninety-seven, and he's still active. Like he actively—he's a ninety-seven-year-old man who actively has cancer, and he's still building houses for humanity. Like, yeah. holy shit! Freaking nuts, dude! Like I'm looking at this list of people, and I'm just like, God damn! It's so—it's crazy that all these people are still alive. Is Gene Shalit still alive? I thought he passed away. Film critic Gene Shalit. Gene Shalit's still alive. God damn. It's so crazy. It's so it's so crazy. Yeah, there's I mean, obviously there's gonna be a lot that that are gonna be rough when they happen. Um like, I know the day we lose Tom Hanks is going to be just a horrible day. Um, lose Tom Hanks, Will Smith. Oh, my God. Yeah. When Keanu Reeves. Oh, Keanu's going to... That one's going to hurt. That one's going to Jim Carrey is probably going to fucking tear Jim Carrey's going to hurt. Yeah. God damn it. This- it's a sad conversation. And think about it, right? We were kids, and they had to have been pushing 30 by the time we knew who they were. They're 20 years older than us, at least. Buzz Aldrin's going to hurt. 
That one's going to hurt because I love Buzz Aldrin. I love him on uh, 30 Rock where he just yells at the moon from time to time. <laughs> Robert Wagner's still alive? Yeah. Good, good for him. That was another one I didn't realize that... Uh... Speaking of, like... This is a fucking terrible transition. Speaking of, like, dead people and stuff, what's going on with the Alec Baldwin thing? Uh, as far as I know, he didn't get charged with anything. They ruled it an accident. And then there's just a bunch of people that are having... They're they're uh, having fun at his expense. So they uh, put a stop to the movie. Uh that I don't know. Currently, he's getting sued for defamation. He's getting sued. Yeah. Let's see here. Alec Baldwin sued by family of fallen marine for twenty five million dollars for defamation and other allegations. Hmm. But I don't think that has anything to do with him shooting the stagehand. No, it doesn't, but it's brand new in the last couple of days, though. Well, son of a and bitch. Probably defamation because of, uh... Wasn't the, the person who's in charge of all the props, like, a brand new person or whatever? Probably called her incompetent. Oh my god, Yoko Ono is 88 years old. Oh, so I learned something about Yoko Ono a few years ago because um, I was watching old clips of the uh, um, old, 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 old talk shows, and I got turned on to uh, <clears throat> what's his face? He had like a million shows, but he never stuck on um, Dick Cavett. And there was a special mm. whole episode of of John and Yoko, and they apparently had a year-long exhibit at the Museum of Science and Technology at the, the actual, but the, um, the art museum that's, like, next to it. I always forget what it's called. And for, like, a year, they had Yoko Ono works of art there in Syracuse. Damn. They're like, oh, yeah, we're doing a whole Yoko installation at the whatever in Syracuse. And I'm like, they did that shit, like, when I was, like, three years old or whatever? <laughs> uh, I just found two more that are going to be rough and they're both 88 uh, years old Michael Caine oh, oh yeah and Tom Baker yeah uh, Michael Caine well it's nuts to see how old some like some of these people are that are still and they're still going James Duty Judy Dench is 87 Oh, and Dame Maggie Smith is 87. Oh, God. All right, reality's hitting a little too hard, right? <laughs> Judd Hirsch is 86. Ah, uh, I can't take this anymore. How old is Adam Sandler? Um, good question. Let me look that up. Maybe 50-something, right? Uh, he right. might be older than that by now. Well, I feel like he's been 20 forever. Oh, Julie Andrews is up there too. She's eighty-six. Look up if you Google Adam Sandler age, it'll just tell you. Fifty five. He's actually younger than I thought he was gonna be. Yeah, I don't know why I thought he was gonna be in the sixties. 
Yeah. He was born in 66, so he's like, you know, younger than my parents. I think that's just it. Like, I mean, there are some people where you're prepared for it. Like, take Eric, you won't you won't understand this reference, but there's a there's a really fa- there's a <clears throat> really cool badass wrestler named Terry Funk, and he was so much fun to watch. He was he's a cowboy from Amarillo, Texas. He's a brawler. He had some great matches. He completely changed his career like 30 years into it and extended it for 15 years. And extended it crazy. And like he just got diagnosed with like that that type of Alzheimer's that's going to basically do him in sooner rather than later. So like we've been bracing for that news since the summer. We've been bracing for half a year. Yeah, since the summer. Yeah. But now like he apparently just had a day with Foley and there's a picture of them together. Yeah, so. so sometimes sometimes you get that news and you, you kind of brace for it, and then other times, like Robin Williams, it just happens, and... Well, that's the way they went. It kind of does that. Yeah. Is he, right? Like, one day, he just doesn't bounce back. I know, it's just... Well, you got it. You got to I mean, we kind of talked about like the ones that were roughest, like because it's it's all about the stuff that hits you personally. And like Robin Williams was a favorite actor of mine. So when it happened and it came out of left field, I would say that's the one that hit me the hardest. Oh, Cause, yeah. Because I, I mean, he was expecting it. He was like literally in everything that I, I watched and, and loved. Yeah. Like I loved his stand up. I've watched Mork and Mindy. Uh, I loved him as the genie. <clears throat> all of his movies. Yeah, because like, even if the movie wasn't good, he was good in it. Like, I yeah. I did not like Patch Adams at all, but I still liked him. Patch Adams is probably the the least popular, like, Robin Williams movie. But every other movie that he's been, he's been great. Like, I, I wasn't a big fan of Jack, but I liked him in yeah. it. Jack was messed up, especially since they, and I'm probably sure like that, like everyone involved with it hates the way it got sold, because you think it's going to be a yuck yuck, Robin Williams being silly movie, and it is not. It is hella depressing and fucked up. <laughs> yeah. What yes. do you want to be when you grow up? And he writes, "I w- I hope I'm still alive." And I'm like, "Why are you doing this in a Robin Williams movie?" <laughs> oh my god. Nah, but you know what broke me the worst. Goodwill Hunting, it's not your fault. Where he just keeps repeating it until Matt Damon breaks down and cries, and then I cried. I was like, "God damn it, Robin Williams!" But then he tells the story about his wife's thoughts, <laughs> which was all improvised. I know. <laughs> In the same movie, too. What the fuck? <laughs> that was the magic oh of God. that was the magic of Robin Williams, though. Like. So I think that collectively answers the question, right? Like, honestly, I think that was the one that hit me the hardest. Like, Chester was really rough, but I was a Robin Williams fan for almost my whole life, and I was only a Linkin Park fan since, like, high school. So with Robin Williams, it it was a childhood 
You know, that was oh, part yeah. of my childhood that died. Like, I remember being really sad when, like, when Mr. Rogers died and when Bob Ross died, but I was younger, so I didn't... The impact wasn't as great then as it is and now. And for you, but... they were always old, right? Like, right. oh, yeah, well, I mean, I oh, guess that makes sense. I just, thought, I just thought of another one that hit me really hard personally, and that was um, Crocodile Hunter, Steve Irwin. Oh, Steve Irwin. Well, his was out of ass, fucking man. nowhere, right? Like, it's like 2000. He literally died. He died in, in a freak accident, and it was like one of those things where he happened to get stabbed, like, through his rib cage. Yeah. He it... swan dived headfirst onto the barb of a fucking stingray. Like, how Crocodile Dundee is that shit? I mean, Crocodile Hunter is that shit. Like, he died the way that guy should die. Yeah. Well, I yeah. just remember, and I, I, I guess it's just like my type of way of like mourning. I need humor in my life. So when I when I heard that like he went, I'm just like, it had to be the deadliest fucking thing known to man, right? Some weird scorpion spider hybrid, or, or yeah. yeah, like a terrible croc. And then they're like, it was a stingray. I couldn't help. But laugh my ass off. But like I was still sad. But I was just like, no, I get it because I've laughed in those situations too. Because sometimes you have to. Yeah, be fingering his butt hole now. That's oh, the other thing. Pissed. One of the people, one of the people who gave me shit about that joke that I posted was acting like I wasn't affected by. It. They're like, what if that was your grandmother or like your brother or something? Bitch, that's not even the fucking point. And I've said this before. I've I've told my wife this, and I'll even say it on record here, and I'm sure I have said it. Like, when I go, I don't want there to be a funeral to mourn my death. I want there to be a celebration of my life. I want people to get together and share stories about the times I made them happy. That's how I want to be remembered. Like, I get it. You're, you're sad that I'm gone. You can cry all you want, but I want you to, to celebrate my life, not mourn my death. That's like a big thing that I'm sticking with. Like that's literally going in the will. I always try to think about like what the person's effect is. Like my grandmother died, my father's mother, and she was a mail carrier. And then when she retired, she devoted herself to the local area and did volunteer work and like did the soup kitchens and the, and the, the pantries and, the little like fr- the, the friendship shop they called it it was essentially a local church ran essentially a salvation army store in nice. town and that was like her she was a vo- she volunteered for the local area to help people out after she was done being a mail carrier for the local area so like that's what i remember about my grandmother i don't remember uh, also like, well, she was one of those people who like was like 40 until she was 70, and then all of a sudden she was 90. <laughs> yeah. Like, My... it, it was like forever she was young, and then all of a sudden super old, and those last 10 years were very bad. My my grandmother um, now actually starts... She still doesn't look like she's in her 90s, but she she got a lot older in a very quick period of time. And I've noticed that with some people, too, like... Like our old pal Vince McMahon suddenly looks like his age, and he never did. And then all of a sudden, in like a calendar year, he aged 10 years. 
He looks like an old Asian woman. <laughs> he looks he looks horrible now. And he never used to. So And he's putting himself back on screen now because he's got a guy he likes he's trying to get over. And he's and got it's not working because he's his, in the way. His TV makeup makes him look like he's wearing lipstick, and that's a botch Botox job. I'm it's, sorry. And that's a it's botch bad. several Botox jobs. It's bad, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, and then um like and then one of the shitty things about being a wrestling fan, Eric, is that we've lost a lot of wrestlers at young ages because of the way that they've abused their bodies. So that's been rough, too, because Dan and I have had to suffer through a lot of people we liked passing away, whether it was their heart failed because of their previous lifestyles, like in Eddie Guerrero or... Um, Owen Hart's accident, which was a very infamous thing that took place, to people like Randy Savage and Roddy Piper that we grew up on, and those have been really yeah, rough I think, too. I think it's going to be better in the future with like the guys from the last ten, twenty years, and now I don't think they're going to be dropping like that when they're like forty, fifty, sixty, because I think things are a lot better now, and they take better care of themselves, in not crazy ways. Yes. So I think that, like, yeah, in, like, 20 years, the guys you watch now, they're not going to be dying, I don't think. Because of the years of steroid and cocaine and everything. Yeah. It, it, what really depresses me and when somebody dies and I realize they were younger than I was. Like, ugh. All right. We only have a couple minutes left on the show, so can we just quickly change the subject to something way happier? <laughs> just okay. end on a happy note. Somebody say something. Do something. Uh. No? All right, stuff. cool. <laughs> cool, all right. Stuff? We'll just end on a depressing like, note. Fuck well, it. What about, okay, so like um, Critical Roles cartoon is next, starting next, next week. Lessons of Fox Machina. It's going to be great. And it, they did a video this week of the extended cast, and David Tennant is on the show. Yo, for real though, Sam Regal? Fucking MVP, because I know that was him. <laughs> well, he's the one with the deeper connections, right? Because he's done more well, stuff they than work, everybody else has. They work together in DuckTales. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm and just like, like, how the fuck? Gina Torres is on there. Um, a couple, oh, The fucking Hound is on there. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. And then the what, what's her face that was uh, Mando's girl on there? She's on there. Sounds like fun. Starts the twenty eighth, baby. Well, I'm looking for. I'm almost done with my rebinge of Dragon Ball Super, so I'm looking for something after that to follow up with. But uh, a couple of the shows I have on uh, looking at starting include Brooklyn Nine Nine. I've heard some great things about it. So And Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine Nine is on Legends of Vox Machina. There you go. So I'm looking into that. Um I've wanted to start the boys for a while. After you guys That's got a new season coming out soon. Yep. And then Invincible, because with the boys comes Invincible. Because they're like, oh, more Amazon Prime superhero stuff. And I'm like, well, this sounds interesting. Plus, you know, for the memes. I feel like it's one of those things I got to at least check out. There was another show that I know was was pretty popular. I was thinking of um, 
thinking of starting and I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. Something that was ending recently or was on the verge of ending and I was like, I think I will I will start that so I can check it out. And I can't remember what it was now. But yeah, so I got I got some plans which I'm looking forward to. All right. So, uh, next week on the show will be the 75th episode. Oh, wow. The Diamond episode. Maybe we'll do something fun and not really sure what. And hopefully this week with my my early schedule on the horizon, I'll be able to get some of that fun streaming content out that I've been hyping up since the new year and haven't gotten anything produced yet. Oh, I'm streaming Friday, so... Yes. We're going to do a bunch of Royal Rumbles in the now outgoing WWE 2K20 because the Royal Rumble is the next night. And that's always a fun event to do. Uh, we're going to get, we got to get Eric to start watching some wrestling this week. So that's on the agenda. Damn. Well, the, well, hopefully I haven't heard back from the, the last job. So I don't think I got it, but. If I do hear back, I'll I'll let you know. If not, I'm available Friday. (laughs) All right. All right, guys. So we'll see you guys next week here on the Nerd Table. And uh, do us a favor. If you're liking the show, tell your friends about it and help promote us a little bit. We could could really use the help here. We We want to get bigger. So, and if you got some cool friends that you think would fit in in our Nerd Table community, an inclusive community... So let them know that they are welcome to come in. Just invite them to the group. Facebook.com slash group slash the nerd table pod. Check us out wherever you get your favorite podcast. Check out the other great shows. Check out our partner shows that we hyped up. And check out our awesome sponsor, Adrian Cotton, the next time you need to book travel. Do it through him because you can get a three-day, two-night getaway just for mentioning CKCC Radio. And this is no longer a contest. This is now a guarantee. So you want to jump on this while the time is right. And Adrian's been posting about vacations in the group. And he asked if anybody's ever been on a Disney cruise. And shout out to Megan, who's been on 28 of them. So <laughs> she working on them? <laughs> well, she, if you work there, you get a super cool, steep discount to get on there. So... A lot of cast members take that opportunity. You know what's right around the corner? Like, as in, in three weeks? Is that Valentine's Day? There you go. Plan your Valentine's getaway with Adrian Cotton, emersoncotton.teletravel.com. Till then, I'm Chris, that's Dan, and that's Eric, and we bid you farewell. This has been another episode of The Nerd Table on CKCC Radio. Check out all the shows at ckccradio.com and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.